Welcome to another episode of Pass for Two, People and Places, brought to you by Jules Verne. While we're taking the summer to record new episodes of Pass for Two, People and Places and bring you even more inspirational stories, we'd like to share with you some of our favourite moments from the podcast so far. And this month is the turn of Beata from Sicily. Beata is an award-winning female guide with over 30 years' experience guiding people around Sicily. We talk about the unexpected variety of food, culture, the fusion of all of the history brought together on this beautiful small island. There's so many things you can do in Sicily, and I really enjoyed my conversation with Beata. One of my favourite things was as she was talking to me, she looked to the side and she quoted that Mount Etna was erupting and bubbling away in the distance. It was so lovely to speak to someone with such passion for their job and the country that they live in. So sit back, enjoy, and let's go to Sicily. This is Passport Two, People and Places, brought to you by Jules Verne, taking you around the world, sharing memories, and introducing you to the people at the heart of everything we do. I'm Abby, and in this series, I'll be delving into past adventures, inside stories, future journeys, inspiring you to discover the wonders of the world. Hello listeners and today I am delighted to be joined by Beata who is our guide in Sicily. Hello, how are you? Hello Abby, I'm fine. I'm in sunny Sicily and everything is perfect. This is amazing. So I'm in London which is not as sunny and you're in sunny (laughs) Sicily and we're speaking and recording a podcast. Technology is amazing isn't it? Technology is fantastic, yeah. It helps a lot. (laughs) It does. So first of all, introduce yourselves to our listeners. You know, we know that you're a guide. Um, I have spoken about you before because you've won awards for being a worldwide amazing best guide. (laughs) (laughs) So talk a little bit about who you are, what you do and how you started guiding for, you know, not only Jules Verne, but other members of the Kironi family too. Maybe people have guessed usually immediately from my accent that I'm not originally Italian. So uh, I was born in Germany many, many years ago. But, you know, the, the love for Italy was always in my family. So as soon as I finished school, I went straight away down to Italy. And so I lived for a while in the center of Italy, in the Gulf of Naples, and also I married a man from Sorrento. And then in the end, I landed in, in Sicily. And now it's about yeah, 30 years at least that I'm doing here the guide in, in Sicily. And I, I really love the country. And so that is my final destination in this sense. And 30 years, 30 years, yes. and you still haven't lost your accent. <laughs> no, you never lose that, unfortunately. We try, even in Italian, it's a little bit better, but uh, you you always detect that I'm not completely local. But uh, naturally, it gets less with the years, yeah. So why is Sicily, as you say, your final destination? Why is that the place you've decided to live the rest of your life? And also, you've, you've started a family. You have a family in Sicily. Oh, sure, yes. <laughs> Even if my, my son, I have two sons, and they are both at the moment away from Sicily. They are somewhere between Bologna and Canada. But anyhow, no, for me, Sicily is always an amazing country because it's so various. It, it's really like, like a small continent on its own in terms of landscape, in terms of people, history, architecture, 
food. <laughs> so in a small island, you can immediately detect if you're in the west or the east because, you know, the food is different. And so it's really like a, like a miniature continent in the middle of the Mediterranean with all the influences from all around. And it's really a lovely place. I, I adore it. Never get bored. Yes, I was very lucky to come visit with you in in 2019, wasn't I? (laughs) Yeah, and and food was such a big thing. We had so so much different food, a lot of street food, but a lot of good restaurant food. So so what is the difference between the two sides of, of the food then? Because actually the food is very different to mainland Italy itself. Yes, yes. It, uh, you know, Italy in general is a very regional country. So every region has its own character, its own food and also Sicily. But within the island, we we can still see also differences because the western part of the island is much more influenced by North Africa, by the Arab culture. And so that means uh, we have typical dishes there, like, for example, the couscous that you wouldn't maybe expect from from Italy, where everybody likes to have its plate of pasta. And no, couscous is a typical thing. And the Arabs have introduced such a great number of new uh, food items uh, that you can all still detect in this part of the kitchen. While the kitchen here in the eastern side, where usually I live in the area of Taormina, that is certainly more Italian style. Uh, We have the pasta, and the pasta is always an important theme in Sicily, growing the wheat. Here we have, we grow the wheat, the durum wheat, which is used for the pasta. So we grow it directly in front of the doors because we don't have uh, spaghetti trees. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I know there was a nice BBC um, uh, joke uh, for the the spaghetti growing trees. No. Uh, But no, uh, it's really a lovely, uh, lovely variety of kitchen fish. Naturally, is important and great. If you have been to the markets, uh, the colorful street markets, you know, with all those uh, lovely sounds of the voices of the sellers and uh, the colors with our purple cauliflower and all the green. And so, you know, there we have a really wide range of, uh, of food and uh, vegetables and whatever. Yeah, so it's it's. it's It's a nice choice and very rich. It's a real infusion, isn't it? It's it's got like lots of mixes of different cultures, as you said. Exactly. Often people, when they come, they say, oh, we didn't expect this. Because, you know, uh, the, the image that the island maybe has in the public is, is, is very one direction. Yeah? So uh, it's not many people that know about the, the great variety you can find here. So at a certain point, it turns also to our advantage because when people, if they come and say, and they are sort of overwhelmed and say, oh, we didn't expect all this. Yeah? So that's, it's also good for us. But naturally, we need to how you say uh, promote Sicily better in order to sell it also better (laughs) yeah definitely and I think people might necessarily think you know it's it's we need to go in the summer but that's not true I mean I came out in December didn't I and Mm -hmm. we did we went to the Christmas markets as well as the normal markets and we had the Christmas carols going on in the background we had you know the (laughs) mulled wine it was it was wonderful but what we also got to do is we climbed Mount Etna and that was an experience in itself. With the snow cap. <laughs> <laughs> 
we did. So tell our listeners a little bit about what you can do in Sicily. So obviously, let's start with Mount Etna, but what else can we do? Yeah, well, Mount Etna naturally is one of the highlights that many people like to see because uh, the volcano at the moment, uh, I can see it from my terrace window here, and there is a small eruption going on. And so most people think that, oh, God, an eruption is going on, so let's escape. No, in reality, it's a nice uh, show usually. Uh, because Mount Etna is considered a friendly volcano. Yeah? So it's not one of the evil characters. And at the moment, it's at least two months that we can see this lava flow running down the slopes at the moment with the snow right next to it. Yeah? So we have snow and lava uh, at the same time. And so naturally that makes a, a big point of interest. And it's a good either for hiking, for sports, for just having a look there and enjoying the volcanic scenery. So it's really an important part of our of our program. It's one it's one of the highest mountains in the Mediterranean. So we are over eleven thousand feet, and so it's also a fantastic panoramic point. But naturally, it's not. It's only a, a part of Sicily, and it's even not. The rest of Sicily is not volcanic because people always think that maybe the entire island is volcanic. But it's only Mount Etna in reality that has these volcanic origins. And so from there, uh, we can move to the further south of uh, Sicily, where, uh, for example, the, the the landscape changes completely down there. We have. Uh, sometimes I was I've been there now a couple of days ago with the, uh, very green meadows and the li- the dry stone walls that are typical for Ireland. It seemed at a moment to be an island. <laughs> so winter, you're right, is, is a beautiful moment in reality. Sometimes much better than the than the summer, uh, because you really it's everything is very green. We have the orchids on the fields and it's it's lovely. So I like personally I like also the the post and pre season tours maybe more than the high season tours because you can enjoy everything much more calm. There are no queues at the desks. There is everything is empty. You can enjoy the sights on your own. And as I said, the sun is shining. We're having at about 18 degrees at the moment. And so my, my last swim was in the end of November. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's really, uh, there's no reason to skip Cecilia in the, in the um, outside the the main season yeah because normally nowadays the main season is always you know between april and uh, october but often it's also very hot in the summer and so people maybe they think oh now to do the temples with 30 degrees no you, well you'd come in, in in november or in february or march and you can enjoy much nicer especially the spring is beautiful because of the almond blossoms yeah so we have when our first group will be now in march and we're going to see the Valley of the Temples covered with white almond blossoms. And uh, it's a lovely moment in reality. It's just stunning. I think people don't necessarily think as well, temples in Sicily. But actually, <laughs> like you said, it's they're wonderful to see all year round. But, yes. you know, so what is the history behind this? Because I think, again, like I said, people don't think about temples in Sicily. They think of Rome and other places. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Now, Sicily is... Uh has an extremely rich history because it is right in the in the center of the Mediterranean. If you look to a map, we are sort of stepping stone between east and west, between north and south. And so being very when in the past the Mediterranean has been the center of the world, especially before America was discovered on the other side of the Atlantic. And so all the great powers, be it the Romans, the Persians, the Egyptians, whatever, it was all around the Mediterranean. And so it was a crossway 
uh, to reach all countries. And it was an extremely important spot to be right in the middle of the Mediterranean. And so Sicily has had in its past at least 13 different uh, owners, rulers <laughs> from North Africa, from Spain, from Greece, from Rome, from, from Germany even. Yeah, we have belonged, imagine, we have belonged for 13 years even to Austria. It takes our customers usually quite a while to understand who ruled when and where and why. During a tour, we try to, <laughs> to get a bit of order in that mixture. But naturally, all these different rulers have brought different architecture. They have brought different, uh, yeah, also the food, yeah, because they did not leave only stones. They left all their food habits like uh, the Arabs or the Spanish. Yeah, if we can, you can never imagine Italian food without tomatoes. And the tomatoes come from Central America. They were brought here by the Spanish yeah, after the discovering of, the America, of America. And so all the, the rulers brought in the food and the temples. And so we start in history, actually, 5,000 years before Christ with paintings in, 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 in caverns from the Paleolithic age. We have uh, Phoenician settlements that we see in our two weeks tour, for example. We have uh, the Greek temples because 500 years Sicily belonged to Greece. And we have also Roman architecture, like the Villa de, uh, Romana del Casale, which really stunning mosaic pavements you know, that illustrate the, the wealth and the lifestyle of the Roman age. We have uh, the Middle Ages are, you can see this very well in Palermo, where we have the Norman uh, architecture. Yeah? The Normans did not only come to England, but they also came to Sicily. <laughs> Actually, they came some year late, earlier to Sicily than to England ah. in 1061. And uh, so what also there is a fusion because the, the Normans, when they came, they found an Arab country. They found a country where Muslims lived and where Arab was spoken. And they integrated their particular art very much with, the, uh, with what they found. Yeah? So their Christian churches were built by Arab workforce. And so they have this very unique fusion. So one of the most unique styles we can find in Sicily is certainly the Arab Norman art, which is also UNESCO heritage. You can have really about nearly 3,000 years uninterrupted um, signs of history. So you've got nearly 3,000 years of history in a one or two week tour of, of Sicily <laughs> yes. and you see all of this Poor stuff. <laughs> you go home very well educated, but also with some fantastic memories and photos. Um, oh, sure. And it's, yeah, I mean, like you said, the different points of the year just give you so many different views. So Sicily has got a number of things that it's it's famous for. One of the things that I remember is all the stories we kept hearing about the gangsters. Oh, sure. <laughs> so do you find that people come ready to hear all these, you know, old-fashioned tales of gangsters in their cars and all of this, and then come away learning so much more because Sicily has so much more to offer. Yes, I think so. At least that, that's what we try to <laughs> to get through, yeah, the message that, okay, that's an interesting part. Naturally, we always uh, talk about the history of mafia. That is clear. You need to know what it's all about. But uh, people also realise that in 
in the daily life, you, you don't feel much about that. Yeah. So it's not, some people come also with the idea that they have to be afraid and you, know, you have to keep their bags strong. And so in, in reality, then they, they feel much more relaxed after leaving uh, and they maybe understand a little bit better. Uh, the origin of this phenomenon. As you said, and, and we can hear on this episode, you are such an amazing ambassador for Sicily and you know so much. For you, what as, as being a tour guide, what would you say is the number one benefit of having a tour guide on your holiday? Even if it's just for a day or a week, you know, what, what would you say to our listeners is the best thing about that? Well, I think um, when you have a tour guide and you do a guided visit, you get the information together with the place you're staying in. So usually if you want to remember something, listening and watching at the same time is always good. And so that otherwise you have to read all this stuff if, you, if you're interested to, to know things. And I think a, a good tour guide should also, yeah, should make things also entertaining because uh, while a book is maybe quite dry, sometimes you, you're not on the school bench, you're still on holidays, right? And so some anecdote about local things, to know the plants on the right and the you know, what flower is, is there or what food is typical for here or what is... So it, it's uh, the knowledge about the entire country, not reduced to maybe monuments or something, but you should give people a general idea about, about the country, about the people, about the vegetation, about the landscape and geography <laughs> and so on and so on, and all together possibly. The difference to something, you know, can also go to a site and have an audio guide, you know, these, uh, but they could don't, you can't ask questions. Yeah, you cannot, uh, you have something, somebody to dialogue with, to have a, a conversation, to ask for the information you want to know. Yeah, while, you know, if you have something automatic or read a book, it's a standard information. While if you have a person with you, you can always uh, ask your personal uh, interest things. Where's your favorite part of Sicily? Where's your favorite place to take your customers? <laughs> oh, that is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is difficult. Uh, actually, I live in Taormina and often people are, are really enthusiastic about Taormina and this, certainly for spending some days of holidays, it's a nice place. But in reality, I like a little more the hidden places, no? So the less obvious places. And even Mount Etna, uh, there are so many different things to show. Maybe most of the people go the standard to the main station, and that. But there are so many sides you can show. Also, less known places, or combine it also with the food. And so, no, I personally I love Mount Etna very much because it's really a, a great uh, variety of things you can do there. Even if in my my spare time, yeah, in my free time, I, I often go there and for hiking or with the dogs or whatever. In the summer, it's lovely to go into the fresh air. But I also like very much the West Coast, the West Coast with the salt pans and uh, it's a special atmosphere there with the sunsets. Uh, here on the East Coast, we lack sunsets because we have the mountains and so the sunsets early, beautiful sunrises, but the most lovely sunsets we have on the West Coast, yeah. On, the, on where the salt pans are. So with Mount Etna, I think, like you said, there's so much to do and, and probably the fact that it is an active volcano sometimes might put people off. And I think they're, they're probably sitting there in their mind going, oh, but it's a volcano, I need to stay away. But like you said, you can ski, you can hike, but you can also take the snow cat up, can't you? You don't yes, have yes. to <laughs> hike it. So 
So I, I always say to people, oh, well, when I was in Sicily, we climbed Mount Etna. In reality, we took a snowcat up quite <laughs> a lot of the way. And then we walked around the ridge, didn't we? And I remember yes. the wind was howling. The, you've got the snow crunching between our, like under our feet. And I was standing on the top thinking, I'm on a volcano. This is, this is huge. <laughs> this is amazing. So do you think that's often a highlight of people's trips as well? In the winter, this is special because you have this the snow cat and you can really reach the higher levels. Then uh, during the summer, we just have those, uh, you know, like uh, four wheel driven uh, trucks. Yeah, the, the, the super trucks that go up there until a certain level, because uh, in these uh, times it has always been active. So we were allowed only at a certain distance yeah, to watch. And actually that changes every time you come there. It depends always on the moment, how the, the, um, the lava is proceeding or if there is uh, something going on. But otherwise we can reach nearly the, um, the southeast crater. And so you can see the smoke coming out and smell the sulfur. And so it's, uh, it's impressive also because you're really at the highest point in the Mediterranean there. It's, one, it's, it's really high up. You start maybe at 30 degrees on the coast. And you come up there a little bit chilly <laughs> and uh, you're 3,000 meters or higher than, than you started. Yeah? So it's already on alpine level and you can cover it in a little more than an hour. Gosh, so it's, it's an impressing landscape for sure. It really is. And, and like you said, having a guide to take you around and take you to the best parts where you can see the best view of the lava or you can see, you know, you can have your best photos and things like that. I think that's that's really important as well. But you've not only been a guide in just Sicily, have you? You've done guiding elsewhere. Am I right? Uh, yes, I before coming to Sicily, I've lived a while in the, on the Gulf of Naples and on the island of Ischia. And I've been also uh, shortly to Apulia, to the heel of Italy, which is also not very well-known area, but very interesting too. So I've lived also in the north, but the guiding part is more in, in southern Italy. And so... so We've we've talked about the wonders of Sicily and how amazing Sicily is. But I ask this question to everybody on our podcast. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to put you on the spot here. But outside of Sicily and mainland Italy, where in the world has captured your heart the most and why? Outside Italy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's, uh, that's a bit difficult to say. But I, I, I also, maybe because it's, uh, similar, my, my I love Spain also. Yeah. And uh, because my my uncle is also married with a Spanish woman, and so we have. And that, and you feel uh, like you have a connection to Spain because of your family, and yes, also yeah. So I think I think it's always this nice where you have a personal connection. <laughs> I've I, I've enjoyed very much Morocco, for example. Yeah, that's also an, an interesting country, but for. You know, to to live, I would always choose it. There's nothing, <laughs> no alternative to that. Uh, I love that, and you would know. You've traveled, like I said, we've you've traveled and guided all over. So if you're saying Sicily's number one, then I think we all have to bow down to that. That you are the fountain of all knowledge. <laughs> Thank you so much. And honestly, from from the bottom of my heart, and I know many of our customers, you know, I really want to say thank you for being a guide for us at Jules Verne. I know that you're very sought after, and like we've said, you have won awards for being sort of an international guide and, and, you know, woman guide of the year. So we're really, really proud to have you part of the Jules Verne family. And I hope to see you again in Sicily really soon. Oh, I hope you will come to see us. Yes. <laughs> you have been only one. So there's, you see, there's still a lot to discover. And so we're always waiting for you and for all Jules Verne customers to come back. <laughs>
Yes, that's why you have more tours in order to be always able to come back. Uh, Beata, thank you so much for your time today. I will let you go enjoy your afternoon. No, I will let you go enjoy your time with your dogs looking at Mount Etna from your window. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. We've really enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Abby. Thank you very much. See you back here in Sicily. Definitely. We hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of Passport 2, People and Places. Look out for our next episode where we'll be talking to more guests about the people and places that have inspired them the most. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please do get in touch. Thanks for listening. Listening.